0: There is nothing, I repeat, nothing like a good old fashioned thrashing of the Los Angeles Lakers. Is it a tale of two different franchises this season? Absolutely. Phoenix Suns, now 54 and 14 on the season, lead the league by record and do so by eight games over any other team in the NBA. The Lakers, conversely, are now 29 and 37 or 38 or something like that. Not good. But you asked their fan base at the beginning of the season if they were going to be Western Conference champions, and they would hastily remind you that they would be. And tonight, Matthew, you saw it once again all over Twitter, the Anthony Davis comments prior to the game relative to him saying that the Suns got away with one last year. You know the Suns saw that. You know the Suns heard that. And the Suns, therefore, delivered. What is the deal with that? Why are we
1: still talking about last year and how we got away with it? Is there any reason like you're sitting on the bench like, okay, for Anthony Davis to still be talking about, for the Lakers to still be talking about this, it's crazy. You know, Abraham Lincoln was a great president, but he died. He can't come back to help his country. You know, we got to move on, dude. (laughs) We got to move on from Anthony Davis right now. Let's just stop talking about him and how the Lakers should have beat the Suns last year. A hundred percent, a
0: hundred percent. You know, it's like, let, let bygones be bygones. And I find myself anytime I'm in a conversation with the Lakers fan, they have to bring up their championships, right? Like, and how last year they would have beat us. And, you know, we, we were playing well with Anthony Davis. Uh, you know what? That's any team can say that anytime about any season, you go back yeah. through the history of the Phoenix suns. Guess what? We could have beaten the bucks last year. If Dario Sarge was healthy, we could have beaten Michael Jordan, the Bulls, if Cedric Sabalis was healthy. I mean, it's the ultimate game of what if, sure, but you never truly know what the outcome would have been. Hell, the Phoenix Suns probably shouldn't be playing this year because Jamal Murray has been injured all year, you know? So every <laughs> fan base has their what ifs. I've just never seen a fan base that sits there and just beats the drum so prophetically about the outcome that should have occurred when you know that of the player that you have that you're referencing, street clothes Anthony Davis... Who's always in just that street clothes? That, I mean, that's what he's known for. So you can't sit there and mm-hmm. even say, it's like, yeah, we could have beat you that other game. So, like, yeah, then he would have went down the next game. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He came yeah. back in that game six and he got thrashed in that game, much akin to what happened this evening against those exact same team Lakers. them.
1: And you know, I think a LeBron and A D when they're talking on the bench, you think that's what they just talk about? But like, you know what? If you're playing tonight, it'd be a different story. That's has that has to be because he's not LeBron is not even with the Lakers during timeouts. He's just no. on the bench. Bill Simmons confirmed it too when he went to the game and watched LeBron because that's what he does. He watches the benches. Yes. You see it on TV, he's sitting on the other side of Anthony Davis. So very strange. Uh congrats, Lakers, on your one championship. Um, I guess it was worth it.
0: You know, at the end of the day, it is worth it because they did win a champion. They is. did win a championship, yeah. you know, and I would love to win a championship, but we have to focus on this season right here, right now, and without Chris Paul, mind you. Guess what? We have a guy on the bench too. We we beat the shit out of him. Thirty-one yeah. points. What was the f- twenty-nine points? Is what the final. Um, I mean, yeah. it was one forty. Cameron to- Johnson, right? <laughs> yeah, best player in the league right now. Yeah, best <laughs> player in the league. Cameron Johnson. He's not playing, so it's like all of these what ifs. I, I don't want to hear it. You have to play who you have to play against, and guess what? The depth of this team again was displayed this evening because in all honesty, as we navigate what happened in this game tonight, it was the bench that really was in fuego in that first quarter and assisted this team in scoring 48 points and ultimately putting the Lakers in the rear view right from the bat. And I watched this uh, at Marley's in North Scott or uh, North Phoenix at desert Ridge. Shout out to Mike, who was there with me. One of the jamsters uh, came out and was watching the game with me and we were having some conversations. It was great to see you. Uh, So again, appreciate you seeing out there, bud. Uh, but, you know, it's one of the things that we were talking about as we were watching the Bally Sports Arizona broadcast uh, with Skylar Diggins, of course. Uh, I, I was glad I didn't have to watch the ESPN broadcast because yeah. you knew this was the game with LeBron James hitting 30,000 points and 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists. I think that's what the stat was. And you knew that there was just going to be a LeBron dick sucking-a-thon no matter what happened. And apparently that's, you know, by browsing Twitter during timeouts, it sounds like that is what occurred. Uh, but still... I'm glad that everybody just got to see who and what these Phoenix Suns are without Chris Paul and Cameron Johnson.
1: I know. And a lot of it was Richard Jefferson
0: just talking about his days at U of A
1: because Arizona is the number one seed, whatever, who cares about college basketball and how, you know, he was he was a study of basketball. Like his study was the game of basketball and other things, Yeah, you know, some other things. So I got a little uh
0: cringy there for a while though. i'm sure it did i'm sure it did so uh welcome jamsters to another edition of the sun's jam session podcast the best post-game <laughs> podcast on planet orange i'm john he's matthew this is the show make sure you follow the show at suns jam on twitter make sure you follow me at darth voida and you can follow matthew uh, matthew let see we will be joined momentarily by coach evan b To give his thoughts on this game, so always enjoy having him on the podcast as well. Uh, I'm going to be drinking the Finnish long drink. It is a cranberry gin drink. I'm going to try this bad boy out. (laughs) All right, baby, Uh, Matthew. What are you do it? What are you eating? What am I eating? Well, I'm going to eat some water mozzarella sticks. uh,
1: No, actually, I (laughs) I don't. You know, it was fun today having lunch with you, and those mozzarella sticks look great. But I'm gluten free for the time being. Uh, No beer for me. Actually, I did have a Coors Light last night, so I did cheat a little bit because I was watching a new anime show that I've been watching, and I was like, i got to treat myself. And that was the last Coors Light I had in my fridge, so wow. I just have water. That's the story behind the water.
0: Well, I don't think this thing has any gluten in it, so you should try the long drink. Give All it right. a pop. It pop a them if you got them, Suns fans. Always great to beat the Lakers. And Let's talk about our 54th win of the regular season. One hundred and forty points for the Phoenix Suns, one hundred and eleven points for the Los Angeles Lakers. And truthfully, I got to say, I mean, this game was a boat race right from the moment that it took off. Uh, The Lakers scored the first four points. And after that, the Phoenix Suns just went on wrecking ball, uh, mission wrecking ball, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. I got to ask, what is it about the Los Angeles Lakers that typically brings out the best in Devin Armani Booker, who had 30 points tonight and 10 assists?
1: You know, it has to do with comments, too. I think the comments from Anthony Davis that we spoke about to start the pod that had to do something with it. But you know, like, they're the team that everyone still talks about. The Suns are the best team in the league, but yet we still talk about the Lakers, and we talk about it every pod. For some reason, the Lakers always end are up there, always we? in our mentions every podcast. I don't know why, but it happens. Uh, but, I mean, for good reason, they got LeBron James. But, I mean, for for Booker, you need those comments, but you're playing against the best player in basketball. Well, not maybe not this season, but maybe one or two of the all-time. So that gets him motivated. Um, This is Suns team. They feed off of each other and just him knocking down threes. That just shows the confidence Booker has in his game when it's coming back to him, because he did go through like a little bit of a rough patch with the three. But I just think now it's almost playoff time. Now he they might play the Lakers again in the first round. So this is like a statement game from him, and the Suns, right?
0: No, I agree. And whenever he plays against this team, you know, Devin Booker is a Phoenix Sun through and through. He's the definition of this franchise over the past dec- you know, half decade, a little over half decade. He's the guy who decided that although there's been appealing things out there, and Stephen A. Smith and ESPN will tell you every chance they can that he's uh, Devin Booker's heading to New York. He's heading anywhere <laughs> but Phoenix, right? Yeah. He's the guy who is truly a member of this franchise and will go down as the best member of this franchise when everything's said and done. So who's one of this franchise's greatest rivals? Well, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. And guess what? When you're playing the Lakers, when you're invested in the franchise like Devin Booker is, he sees these opportunities to beat down the opposing team from Los Angeles as something that, as something that is personal, like we do. And that's exactly what he did tonight. So as we welcome Coach Evan B, thank you for joining the podcast, good sir. Absolutely. Uh, why do you oh think Devin Booker gets up against the Lakers? Because he has been thrashing them for about a season and a half now.
2: I don't want to say it's Mamba mentality. <laughs> I don't want to say. I don't want to say it's a Jordan thing. But while we were doing the live podcast over here we had uh, uh, we had somebody named Pride come on he's a part of the ASAP sports network and he said something that really struck a chord with me. Devin Booker just plays angry and it looks like every time I'm and maybe that's part of the reason a lot of people don't like him is that he just looks angry all the time so mm-hmm. you know what do you guys think there is that little thing inside of him where he goes you, you said that to me one time or you said that to me one I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you just like Jordan did just like Kobe did right do you think that's possible because the more he mentioned it and he talked about it the more I thought that was a huge huge possibility that Devin Booker does have that little mamba gene in there just the the you talk back to me you know I got the FU gene right back at you right does that make sense
1: yeah
2: oh John you're on mute go ahead and talk Matthew
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I was going to say, yeah, we were talking about the comments that Anthony Davis laid out there before the game. So there's, there's step one, but he, he plays angry, but he's also in control now, right? He's, he's slowed down before. I feel like he's always played angry, but now that he's in control, it doesn't look like madness out there. It looks like he has some control with the game. He doesn't let it take him over. He just lets the game talk for itself basically.
0: Yeah. And one thing that Matthew and I were talking about, I don't know if it was last podcast or the one prior to that is, Devin Booker, to your point, coach, looks for those little opportunities to gain an edge, whether it's courtside fans chirping at him, whether it's something an opposing player said three months ago. Yeah, Matthew, it was after the Heat game where he had said in the post-game interview, coach didn't have to tell us anything. We know that this team came into our house and they carry with them the best conference in the Eastern record. So we don't need to be told anything. And you're right. That's one thing that, one, it allows him to excel. And, man, I'm, it, it's nice having that player on your team, isn't it? It's nice to have the hometown guy who understands what our rivalries are and gets as pissed off as we do about these things and then goes out there and uses that as fuel to his fire. Mm. So that's fantastic to have. And then the other thing, you know, seriously, yeah, it's like you just you, you heart that so much because <laughs> so many players, and not so much in, you know, we've seen obviously with the, the Suns because this team's fantastic, but – you know that you feel like like the cardinals for example you know the cardinals will sit there and be like oh it's just another game it's like no nah, fuck that it's the seahawks like go out there and crush them try to kill them like we can't stand that fan base we can't stand that team that's how that's how suns feel about the lakers so devin booker personifies that and executes that for us
1: it, yeah and also we do
2: reference it's like the, like the seahawks a lot and the dodgers this, dude.
0: i know they we just, do reference the, 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 the dodgers just come out and be like yo we're better and good <laughs> luck and trying, trying to, to, to throw a baseball and Speaking we, yeah, of the Dodgers, yes, huh? Mookie yes. bets at the game today. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Baseball's back, baby. Let's. It's time to bleed blue again. Um, but just for the Dodgers, fuck the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Pantone 294. It's a beautiful color. But again, having Devin Booker on this team to personify the frustrations that we have with opposing fan bases and to execute. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of like a hitman for us, right? We're like Devin, go destroy the Lakers. And then he does. He looked fantastic tonight. Uh, I had money on him to hit the over on rebounds. He decided to do so on assists, but... You know, I had money on uh, the over for campaign assist, so I hit on that. So it's like, eh, I broke even, you know? Yeah, so, but you
1: didn't know this game would be over that quickly, right? I, I mean, I feel think- like if the game was more intense, the Booker would be down there on the block more. 100%. I thought I
0: would be doing this podcast from Marley's in North Phoenix, and I left at the end of the third <laughs> yeah. quarter because they were kicking <laughs> yeah. the shit out of him so bad. I'm like, hey, I can I can beat the traffic, right? <laughs> I can yeah, beat the And also just... traffic.
1: About Booker's like the way he plays so mad, like his anger, like how he holds it within. I feel like his three point shots are so gentle. You notice that? I don't know if it's been like that for forever, but they basically they they hit the rim and they just like kind of roll in nice, Mm -hmm. nice and gently. Just with caress, like he caresses them in there. It's crazy. I don't know if it's always been that way. I notice it more tonight than ever.
0: Interesting observation. I will say this, too. He does have a face because we were talking about this at the bar. And again, shout out to Mike, who was at the bar tonight. One of our jamsters uh, we were you know, talking about after that uh, play where Devin Booker looked back at Austin Reeves and it was the n one play. And he yeah. gave him that look, that killer look. I'm like, that's why people don't like Devin Booker, because to, to your point, coach, he plays pissed off and you can see it all over his face. And if that's the opposition, you hate that because it scares you. It's the same thing with Kobe. Like Kobe used to do the same thing. Where he just played pissed off and intense all the time. You're like, bro, chill, please. All right, Raja, hit him in the face. You know, anything to <laughs> yeah, anything to stop him. But why do you know, Coach? Why do you think he plays so intense? Is it just kind of his upbringing, his mentality, uh, his being a six man at Kentucky and and uh, loving that color blue so much?
2: It's. Oh, God, you and your damn blue. Goodness gracious. It's I'm talking We're, about Kentucky blue this time, okay? Oh, it's really different sure, it's sure, ugly. sure. Totally different. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the
0: Corona commercial where they're all talking about the color blue, and Devin Booker uh, starts it off. Great acting, yeah. by the way, right? Oh, uh, yeah,
1: I'll yeah. give it I give has, it the, whatever an Oscar his,
2: is for a it's commercial. His it's one. his first one,
1: he'll, he'll and it was it.
2: awesome. He'll be better in the next State Farm commercial. It'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> Actually, technically, second one. Remember, he had the NBA one when he was saluting to Kobe, but he didn't say anything in that one. So. True. Yeah. You know, John, that's just in your DNA. You can't teach that. You can't tell somebody to play mad. I don't know how many kids I had to go out there and try to try to talk them down a little bit. Me, one-on-one, I'll never do it in front of anybody else. But I go up there, man, you haven't given me this. You haven't given me that. It's just I want to challenge you to see if you're going to come out. And some kids do and some kids don't. And it's just ingrained in you. And that has to be who you are. And clearly, Devin Booker has that, you know. But then I look at the first one, two, three seasons. Did we see this out of book in those seasons? Or did he already know that he was defeated by the time he got on the court? And now he's taking it out on everybody else. Matthew, thoughts?
1: No, he he had it. Yeah, the first three seasons. He had it, but it was just out of control. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he had to make sure that he was known a late draft pick, thirteenth pick in the in the draft. You have to prove yourself. That's why he's never really had the respect that a lot of these guys have as a superstar. He's not the John Morant because he's not the number two pick of coming out. And you know, that's just what is in the back of his mind all times. And I think when he first came out, it was just too much, too much. And we used to talk about it, the technicals. He still gets them, but they were out, it was out of control. Now he just hones it. And I think Chris Paul is the guy that mm-hmm. really helped him get to that next level. Well,
0: he t- he taught him how to play in control at all times. And he, as you mentioned, there's still blips on the radar where he does get a little out of control. But for the most part, what was frustrating about his early performances in his first three seasons, he just like throw the ball away. He would make dumb passes. He would do dumb things on the court. So it's hard to stay as intense and as focused when you aren't executing consistently. Deb Booker consistently executes now. So he can, it's always funny though. I feel like, I feel like he'll always do that stare down and then like go over three afterwards, you know, but it's like, not because he's out of control. It's just because he's in his own head. A little I do notice that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, but he's doing better though. I feel like yeah, he's he has
1: been more consistent
0: after the stare downs. I know what you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah. He'll go on to miss three threes. You're like, damn <laughs> it. You know, but I mean, you look at how he played tonight and in the first quarter, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Lakers came out, scored the first four points. And then the Suns put a 48 to 18 run on the Lakers. Devin Booker had 12 points. Uh, The bench went six for six in that first quarter, including threes from Aaron Holliday and Landry Shamit. They combined for a total of 14 of those 48 points. And from there on out, I mean, it was just gangbusters. Um, Is like how shitty are the Lakers? (laughs) I mean, can we just have this the whole podcast? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So so I met. I met a couple of my cousins and my brother at Marley's, right? Again, my my six months road trip is over. So we th- decided to get together, spend a little time, dr- have a couple beers, watch the sun Good for you. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. And so I have one of my cousins there doesn't watch basketball at all. And he's watching and he goes, God, the Lakers fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah they're a one-trick pony they're lebron from three or lebron being an 18-wheeler going down the lane and outside of that it's like mellow hit a three every now and then hit the three on the side of his head run back down the court and then the rest of the game is just inconsistency on both offense and defense uh yeah how bad does this team suck coach go ahead man how bad are they this suck?
2: was i've seen better games at a ymca man <laughs> Yes. I mean, there were so many wide open threes by the Suns, and then LeBron just goes down, shoots it from deep. I mean, the Lakers were what were there? They were sixteen of forty from three, which which is which is forty percent, and the Suns were twelve of thirty three, which is thirty six percent. But they would just go down there, chuck it, brick. Go back down and one for the Suns. Chuck it, Brick. Go back down. Devin Booker pull up. All of a sudden, it's five. And then Carmelo drains the three (laughs) to take the lead down to 33. Yes. (laughs) That's all it was. It was a glorified YMCA run. And when you have Stanley Johnson trying to guard DeAndre Ayton in the post, that's when I was like, what are we doing?
0: I'll tell you what we're doing. DeAndre Ayton this evening looked like a man, dude. 23 points, 16 total rebounds, five of those on the offensive glass, 11 for 14 from the field. As Coach mentioned, he was unstoppable. He helped the Phoenix Suns out-rebound the Los Angeles Lakers 51-37, to including 14 offensive rebounds to the Lakers' seven. So again, when the Suns let you down in a game, like they did against the Toronto Raptors, It's not a trend. It doesn't turn into a trend. They make those adjustments. They come out the next game. They're focused on what they were defeated with the last time, and they execute. And unfortunately for the Lakers, they were the team that stood in their way following a loss on Sunday or Friday night against those Toronto Raptors. Matthew.
1: Yeah, and tonight, you know, DeAndre. In are we? We're doing Aiden Watch. Yes, it's Aiden Watch time. It it started from the tip. It. What was so fun tonight was when the tip was thrown up. The ball is thrown up. LeBron's down there. I'm going against Aiden tonight. I'm going to be the guy that takes him on. Uh, we don't have a presence down low. We have Dwight Howard. How much can that help? Uh, LeBron, you know, he had two plays in a row to start the game where he looked like he wanted to win that game. After two plays, he's like, oh, shit, I'm fucking tired, and I hate my team. This sucks. Like, did you guys see that? He came out Absolutely. with that energy. And as soon as Aiden got into the game, Aiden, I think, had 10 out of the first 12 points in the game or 8 out of the first 10 it was, it was basically over because they kept going to Aiden and they kept feeding him. The mismatches were down there all game. Uh, you know, that little hook shot he does have, that push shot, but the turnaround hook shot thing, that thing is automatic, right? That That's like the cream sky hook. I feel like every time Aiden does pull that off, it's going in. I don't think he's probably missed two all season, but he was dominant on the boards too. So the way that he actually handled himself down low, against the Lakers and the mismatches and how Booker kept going back to him too throughout the first half, that was the reason why I feel like I mean the Suns were gonna win this game after you look at the squad. After LeBron James looks at his own squad and he's like, Oh boy, like this sucks. And I'm just not gonna I'm gonna go sit next to Anthony Davis and talk to him. He knows it's over. And Aiden, you know, he was he was flexing a lot tonight, too. I like to see that from Aiden. Yes. A game like this. I like it when he goes down there to get the and one and he's flexing after. That's that's fun to watch because he rarely does that, right? Until it's games like this where he wants to make a statement you know he's not going head-to-head against another elite center in the league but he knows that he can dominate and he did it because there's a lot of times during the season where maybe last season more of where he would not very he would not dominate against the opposing team that had trouble down low but tonight no issue for him at all
2: yeah coach what'd you see for maton? Oh, he was just in the right place at the right time. He was doing everything that he needed to do. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed there was one time he got the ball on the right block and he went and he went right over his right shoulder and it got like stripped or he lost it or something like that. And I was like, okay, like maybe try backing down to the right and then going over your your left your left shoulder, but that left shoulder is just is silky right now. Mm-hmm. The, he's got mm-hmm. the jumper working from him, the turnaround jumper. He's got the little floater in the lane now. He just needs to work on on the right shoulder now and then he would just really start becoming a full package. I was really impressed with him tonight, but again it was it was against Dwight Howard was their only big. So he should go out and dominate a game like this. And if you want to be a pro and get the money that he wants, gotta show up nine out of ten times. And he did that tonight. I can't say anything bad about him. I wish he would have hit that three though, because when I was on (laughs) when I was on with Zona like two weeks ago, I said DeAndre Ayton's gonna hit two threes, threes. and I'm waiting for that to happen. He stepped
1: into that one too,
0: so
2: yeah, it was
1: was
0: a little uh, second game in a row. He shot a three, and it was just a little deep. So just step a little further out. Go logo, da, go logo, it'll go in. But I think that's a valid point that Coach brings up is you know the consistency is what we always complain about from da, and he's starting to consistently display uh, an affinity for for putting the ball in the hoop uh, in these matchups when he should, and that's the key, you know. There's games where we'll look at the rosters and we'll be okay, this should be a DA night and he'll go out and he'll get you 16 and like eight. It's not the end of the world, but again, you want that max money. You need to show up and perform in those matchups. That's what the dominant players do. And tonight, again, this is a game where he should go and go forth and dominate against the Lakers. They don't have the size that they did from a year ago. Uh, when, Like you said, when, Stanley Johnson is in there, and LeBron James is listed on NBA.com as the starting center. D.A. should cook, and cook he did. And he's such a a great offensive player who's really starting to, and I wouldn't say starting to, he has for the majority of the season, but shown us what he can do, as you mentioned. Off that left shoulder, he's insane. The right shoulder needs some work. He needs some more post moves, I feel. He's not a back-down player. We see him take it to, to the rim every now and then. You know, probably like once every 17 games, he'll put it on the floor. But outside of that, like, he's got no hesitation. He's got a great 17-foot jump shot. And if he does get to the line, you know he's going to be money from there. It's not like when JaVale McGee goes to the line or Dwight Howard or a lot of other bigs in the league where you know that he's going to be able to make free throws. And that's that's a very deadly thing to have, especially come playoff time, is you can't hack a DA because he will burn you from the free throw line.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing to work on, right, in this offseason. Um, not to look too far ahead, but just to have those moves down just a little bit. You know, he needs to work on those, and I'm sure he does. When he goes back to the Bahamas, probably something that he works on and brings back to the
0: U.S. next year. Well, we'll hopefully when the playoffs come, we see him get even more aggressive because this yeah. is a big game. This is an ESPN game, right? This is the eyes of the world are upon you, and the Suns, you know, proved – again not like we needed to see it but they proved to the rest of the nation that they are a fantastic team uh, a complete team and da is somebody who you need to be worried about because not a lot of people are necessarily worried about him one guy that we've been worried about and we're talking about a lot on the last pod matthew what's up I'm happy what I saw from Torrey Craig this game. This is probably his best game in my opinion since his first game back in Phoenix. Uh, he ended the night with 11 total points. He was five for eight from the field, one for two from deep. Uh, he had a couple assists. He only had the one rebound, but if you don't count that fourth quarter, you know he had what a total of looking it up seven points on three of three shooting. So he really could open it up the offense a little bit more in that last quarter when it was all garbage time. But I liked what I see from Torrey. I saw a little bit more engagement. And I was telling Mike, at, uh, one of our jamsters who was at Marley's with me, that it's clear that he listens to the pod <laughs> yeah. and heard our our frustrations and our complaints. And he acted upon those. Right, guys? <clears throat> yeah. Um, honestly, the thing is with Craig, I'm less and less worried
1: about his uh, contribution into the playoffs. I know we want those, those minutes come off the bench, but the way that Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges have gone up like the next level really going into these playoffs – I think it's going to help, kind of like the digression that Tori looks like he has. It -hmm. was a good game. I feel like he kind of did what we expect. But I mean, if we were asking for too much, maybe a lot of us were like, "Oh, Tori Craig's going to come in and save the day whenever these guys are on the bench." I don't think that's really going to happen. But tonight was a good excuse or a good example of what he can provide the Suns team. And you know, Donnie Nelson, you know, um, the old coach for the Mavericks. I always thought when I was younger that guy was was drunk coaching. When I was younger, I am like, is that dude drunk? It was confirmed that he was actually (laughs) drinking during games. So I was honestly right. And I kind of thought Torrey Craig might be a little bit drunk, but he Mm. tonight proved me wrong that he was not drinking and that he he was a little bit more stable tonight and helping the Suns, you know, cruise that big victory.
2: There's a there's a lot of funny stories about Donnie Nelson when he was with the Warriors, when he had Matt Barnes and Stack and all them boys. Yeah, about, that's the Matt uh, Barnes interview, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Matt Barnes interview. They they would be smoking or, or token it up at a hotel right after they beat the Mavericks or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he probably was. But anyways, Torrey Craig. <laughs> Do you guys remember what happened? Fourth quarter, game six, Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. Torrey Craig. Shut down, Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Paul George, I want to say he had like 36 points or something like that going into the fourth quarter and had, I don't know, four or five or something. A low number to ultimately win the game and and win the series for us. But he kind of disappeared throughout just a little bit of a playoff run. I mean, he had some nice moments here, nice moments there. And I was a little mum on him coming back for exactly what we've seen. Mm -hmm. But he guarded LeBron tonight. And what happened when he guarded LeBron? He, it looked like he got up for it. So maybe that's what Tory Craig needs. Maybe he needs to be legitimately challenged guarding somebody probably more his size, like a Paul George or LeBron, to, to get him up for the game. I don't know if that's a, a leg, legitimate thing, but I've just noticed in his play when he's guarding somebody else of his size... He comes out gangbusters. He played decent in the Milwaukee loss. I thought he played pretty good. He missed a couple shots and he was down on himself. So it was nice to see him make his first three tonight. Mm -hmm. But I think he needs to be challenged to be engaged. What do you guys think of that?
0: No, I think you're right. Because that's when we see the best version of Torrey Craig. Uh, Against the Raptors, he might not necessarily be engaged because Pascal Siakam isn't somebody who is pushing him to guard him the way that he really wants to do. It's it's a a non-factor game, right? You know, at the end of the day, tonight's game didn't matter. We lose this game, it truly doesn't matter. We're still up seven games in the Western Conference with 15 to go or 14 to go. I think now, uh, it would have been six and a half for the record.
2: Six and a half because I thought this win put us at eight. Oh, 14. We're at seven and a half right now with the win. Gotcha, Throw numbers out there. There yeah. you go. But we have 14 left to
0: play, correct? 14, correct. 14, yeah. Okay, so again, these games, if we play 500 basketball for the remainder of this season, then we're still going to win the Western conference. So these games don't carry the same weight as the playoffs do. And I think that you're right. Tory Craig, when, when he needs to play that Excel, that excelled defense, we've seen it happen. It's, it's a hard thing to turn on and off, but I know in a series, that's where he'll Excel because again, defense understanding what the matchup is, having the ability to shut down the opposition after studying game film. That's what's going to be something that Tory Craig is going to bring to the table and that we'll appreciate come playoff time. And again, it's what makes this team so unbelievably deep is all the different levers we can pull. We want to go big. We can go, uh, JaVale McGee with DA and you put Torrey Craig at the three you know we can be super big and we can we can put walls up against Giannis if we need to if we want to play five out basketball DA can still be out there and you got Torrey Craig playing the four if we're playing the Clippers and things of that nature so the versatility of this team is kind of personified by Torrey Craig as being one of those tools who we've seen be successful in the past he hasn't necessarily been successful in coming back because the version we got of him last year was his apex that was the best version of Tory Craig. So can he play himself into a place in, in where he is productive come playoff time? I believe so. I think matchup to matchup isn't necessarily where he's going to be at his best during the regular season. Matthew, what do you think? He will be
1: okay. He will oh. be a great <laughs> defender going into the playoffs. I totally count on him, honestly. Matthew, he's, he's what, gonna do be you, the what do you think? Oh, I'm getting honest here. You know, my honesty. I just... I really think that Torrey Craig will find himself and uh, tonight it looked good. And like, I love how Coachy brought that up. Yeah. Maybe he needs that guy to go against to really bring his defensive, like his mentality out a little bit more. Cause I mean, tonight, yeah, you can get that a little up against LeBron, but also you have to look at it, where the Lakers, if they win this game, they're probably the new favorites in the West, right? Of you know, they, If they win this game. So it is kind of a big deal to like Devin Booker to Tory Craig to kind of show up a little bit more because it's on national TV, the Lakers win. You know, maybe Anthony Davis comes back. They can keep talking about that. They're the new favorites in the West. So we made
0: sure that I love happy. Anthony Davis, man. Fucking writing checks. His team can't cash. It's just, it's <laughs> awesome. I love it. He's just sitting on the sideline. Like, yeah, clearly we would have beat him last year if I was injured. But here I am injured again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to bring that up here in a second. But before I get to the salsa dance and the rock and the baby and all the little things that the Suns do to the, the Lakers, uh, I, I will give LeBron James his flowers. So you might want to snip this because this doesn't happen very often. LeBron James, 30,000 points. Is it 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists? Is that the number he yeah. hit tonight? Is that what you asked 10,000 assists,
2: called? I think it was, yeah.
0: Okay, so he, he crossed that threshold. 30,000, 10,000, and 10,000. LeBron James, from a career standpoint, is one of the best players in the NBA. He's proven it, and his longevity is now allowing him to uh, hit a lot of those records that are going to be really hard to attain moving forward he's a special kind of player and you see it in moments throughout the season he'll go on stretches where you're like damn what he's doing at the age in which he's doing it is unprecedented unprecedented you know what i'm saying it's it hasn't been done (laughs) and (laughs) and it's impressive and there was you know there was a couple moments in this game tonight you know again he finished with a total of 31 points uh he had six assists seven total rebounds he was 10 for 20 over the field and five for 11 from deep and it was in when he hit some of those shots i mean that's again i'm watching these, these this game with some of my fr- my cousins who don't watch basketball and like why don't they just give it to lebron every time let him shoot a three that's all this team is good at i'm like well yeah that's all that's all he is good at anymore <laughs> but again as much as i like to dog lebron i do respect who he is and what he is and how long he's been doing it do i like him no i'll never like lebron but i will slightly give him a tip of my hat and congratulate him for his 30000 10000 and 10000 Congrats, LeBron. And this is a reminder, LeBron, that the Lakers are 0-6 since this moment happened. Since you <laughs> backed down, 0-6 against the Suns, since you backed down Jay Crowder in Game 2 of the Western Conference first round with Andre Fat-Ass Drummond watching you, and you guys were clowning the Suns, having a good old time, You've yet to beat the Phoenix Suns since then. So salsa dance all you want. It's it's funny because I saw a clip on Twitter from the game that they were actually having fans pro- do their best version of the salsa dance. Like yes. straight up oh, trolling the Lakers <laughs> with the Lakers in-house. Like, I love that. I love that. Keep it
2: up. Uh, I'll say this about LeBron. Everything that he's done off the court with his school and everything, <laughs> I don't think anybody in the comments in this pod could could say bad otherwise. You have a gold jersey on and it says Lakers. What do you want from me, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're going to dog you every chance we get. And And let's be honest, if it wasn't for Anthony Davis having a glorified bubble run it's sort of been a massive failure in oh, Los absolutely. Angeles. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And all,
0: all of the all of the draft capital and players that they gave up to get him again. Again, they won the bubble championship, which will forever count. Whether you count it or not doesn't matter because it does count. It will go down in the annals of NBA history as a championship. But all these stars, in my opinion, had to align perfectly for that championship. They got a what four-month rest. Which allowed both LeBron James and Anthony Davis to rest up for that run. Because if it had been in that regular season, they were always nicked up. They're always nicked up. They'll always continue to be nicked up.
1: Yeah. And if you heard LeBron, too, talk about, you know, NBA Jam, I used to play as the Supersonics. What were the Supersonics now? Like they are actually the Thunder. You know, his little, little inside little like talks about going to the Thunder keep leading up, I think, to him actually playing there with his son. And I don't know if they're going to go to the super to Seattle or something, but he said that I think before the game or last post game or something. So Anthony Davis, if you want the keys to the franchise, here you go with all these jokers on your team. You can have it, man. Cause LeBron's probably out after this year.
0: Do you think that it's tampering what LeBron James is doing, talking about wherever his son goes, he'll play. No,
1: that's technically tampering it's, though. Isn't is it? it?
0: I've never liked the tampering. You're, ta- you're tampering with the possibility. Cause let's all face it. Bronny is a second round pick right? He's not, he's like the fourth best player on his high school team. Exactly. So the only way to get him to be a pick is saying, Hey, if you draft him, you get me. In my opinion, that's tampering LeBron James, breaking rules
2: since 2003. You're I, you know what, with that logic, I think you're completely right. I don't think anybody could, could argue that at all. That that's completely true, but it's not like it's an executive saying something like that or, or a GM or something, right? It is coming from a player, but you're under contract. So Mm -hmm. yeah, totally run with it. Yeah. Yeah, no. I just any chance I
0: can to trash LeBron for tampering or doing anything because you're right. Outside of basketball, he is. There's been so many opportunities for him to necessarily, you know, t- to fail. Right? He could have been a, a massive failure, uh, the likes of which we've never seen. And he's always done the right thing. You know, I, now I wouldn't say the yeah. right thing. You know, but but he's always been a stand up guy. Like you know, the decision. Yeah, that was a that was a, a curveball in his career. Right? That was him learning how to play the media. Uh, And he's but he's been somebody who's always had the media on, you know, watching him and he's never Mm -hmm. he hasn't turned into like a Delonte West. Or anything of that nature. He's been, he's, he's avoided scandal. He's avoided a lot of those things. So, Absolutely.
1: You
2: know, That's you why know I mean, he's DUIs us, or nothing, nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, if he did, I don't think you would ever hear about it.
0: Right. LeBron
2: gets no. a DUI. No, no bullshit way,
1: because
0: so. Tiger Woods, man, Tiger Woods was on top of the world.
1: Tiger Woods keeps running into
0: trees every week. He well, tries yeah. to kill himself.
1: That's <laughs> <Yeah>. different. <laughs> he's running to every fucking tree out there, dude. <laughs>
0: the award pivot uh well, mikhail bridges i'm like uh mikhail bridges <laughs> 18.6 total rebounds three assists eight of 13 from the field uh mikhail bridges again you know I, I was talking about this a little bit on the last podcast with matthew and i'd like to get your take on this coach he had a total of zero personal fouls tonight how is mikhail bridges such a great defender and has only had five fouls one time this season and had four fouls like eight times. Like, you're so good at defense and you don't foul. That alone should automatically win you the defensive player of the year, especially in a game in which the Suns got called for a
2: gazillion fouls and were outshot from the free throw line 31-14. to It's a great question, and you know, he and Jay Crowder are really becoming masters of slapping the ball out, having it fall on their knee and go out of bounds, and it's our ball, right? For somebody to slap in and reach in all the time and not get called, you got to have some pretty quick hands, and he's got long arms, too, and they're dangly out there, so it's really impressive that he can do that and not foul. I didn't even see that he didn't commit a foul, and that's considering we had 24 fouls against us to 14. Yeah. That that is absolutely unreal. That I can't even answer that, John. That needs some legitimate digging, and I need to watch that a little bit more from here. That's a crazy stat.
0: Yeah, it's one thing I noticed last game because in the first like four minutes he had two fouls. And I was just like, oh man, he's gonna get in foul trouble. Then <laughs> I'm like, When's the last time Mikael Bridges was in foul trouble? Oh, never. He's had five fouls once this season. It's unbelievable. Matthew, what did you see from Yours. Mikhail tonight? Well, I mean, that's a little that's a little um,
1: harsh, dude. Landry Schammett and Alfred Payton had zero fouls, too. So we got to give a shout-out to those guys. <laughs> <All right>.
2: Happy <laughs> birthday, Landry Shamit! Is so, it Landry um, Shamit's birthday? He turned 25 yeah, today. He can finally rent a car.
1: All I can say is, Sham, wow.
0: I will say the best thing about that Shamwell highlight is the fact that it's happening against the Lakers. Fuck them.
1: Yeah. Carry on In now, the best... Yeah. <laughs> The best thing about that drop is I always think that's a sub. Every time that girl's holding that thing, I think it's a sub. From <laughs> I Subway, it looks but... like a sub, <laughs> <laughs> um, dude. Mikhail, so he's he's the guy that can really turn the offense on now, right? Like if the offense, even though tonight, you know, we're up by twenty most of the game but you always have to make sure you keep that lead against a team like the Lakers or basically any team in the NBA, I guess. You can just say the Lakers especially because you want you don't want LeBron to get back into the game, the way he's been scoring 50 points. Yeah, But Mikkel, can, he can come in and he can get those little easy buckets in the lane and keep the offense alive, keep that big lead afloat. And that's what he does now. I think they like hand him the keys to do things, and he's a playmaker now too. So it's not like he's just hogging the ball and just shooting corner threes or anything like that. But he's basically the guy that can hit those little mid-range shots, get an easy bucket to keep that big lead up for the Suns. And he did that tonight. I know it's not really noticeable in a game like this, but he did that in the third quarter. He came out and really helped the Suns just push that lead up.
0: What I think is funny is what Devin Booker said. I'm I'm totally pivoting here because I'm like, as you're talking, I'm reading Twitter. Uh, Dwayne Rankin said this after the game. Said Devin Booker said he thought it was funny what Anthony Davis said about his groin injury uh, decided the outcome of last year's playoff series. This is what Devin Booker said. If ifs was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dude, nice. He he gets the drop for that. He's been one. doing good, man. He's, he, this is a drop. Big Dick Booker. He's been making like big dick yeah. comments like that. Yeah, like he's media really learned.
1: Him. Yes, yes, he's been doing really good ever since the All Star break. I feel like when he, him, and uh, Draymond were talking. But even like before them with the TNT crew, he had a few. But the, ever since the All Star break, I feel like he's been a really good. I feel like he practices these things. Like he knows what's going to come his way, right? Well, he, he has goes to, to Kendall have an in mind. and he
0: goes, Kendall, what do you do in these situations? She's what does like, your PR person say? Yeah, what's your PR person say? <laughs> that he probably has the same PR person as Kendall Jenner now, and she's mm-hmm. setting him up for success. What do you think, Coach?
2: If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk absolutely i i remember just like well uh, one month or two ago they were talking about how devin booker was getting double team and then they brought up when he got double teamed in the summer league what four or five years ago they were bringing it up and he just brushed it off and the finals somebody asked chris paul or devin booker when chris paul was there do you feel bad for chris paul for what happened and he just goes next question yes just as dead serious (laughs) Everything that he does, and he's only 25. To, is he 26 or is he 25? I think he's really
0: yeah, he turns 26. I want to say in October.
2: Yeah, 26th. Yeah, Oc- October baby like me. That's right. So, me too. Me too. When, oh, when's your birthday? That's why you guys are the same. The <laughs> third. My check okay. this out. My son's birthday is the October 4th. I'm the third, and my father in law is October 2nd. And my oh, grandpa my. is October 5th. Oh my wow. God.
0: Two through. That's five. Awesome,
2: man. <laughs> Crazy. All Libras. All Libras. Yep, That's exactly. Right. All, all Libras. No, he just has that persona, man, where he's just he knows what the media is trying to get out of him. You know, he, he's not dumb. Chris Paul's talking mm-hmm. to him now. Kendall's talking to him now. PR people are talking to him. The Suns have been like training and bringing him up to go through this. He knows what they're trying to do. They're trying to get that fun little headline and he's not letting them have it. He's not, and now he's starting to have a little bit of fun because yes. it's like not only does he get the basketball side of it, he's getting the business side of it too, and he's 100%. starting to have fun. And
0: that's why he's on Corona commercials. Cheers.
1: Yeah, that's why the celebrities are coming to the games too a lot today. Um, was there? The, well, yeah, there was, I mean. Colin was, Kaepernick uh, was there. Colin Kaepernick was there. Mookie Betts was there. Mookie um, was Mita in Gawson town. Was Mookie's there.
0: back in town.
1: Yeah, dude, it's just like, it's like the new LA. You know, you got a lot of hot people
0: up there in front, dude. That's well, for spring training. Yeah, when this, does spring training start? I think this week, right? Very cool. I think so because they report. They're, I think they reported today. Okay, can't wait for fantasy baseball. I can't wait for March bracketology with Coach Evan B on. He the he's on fire. Let's go.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna lose. Yeah. Absolutely. And unfortunately, guys, I think I got to hop off real quick. Uh, I, I've got my son throwing a fit as we're oh talking no. on here. But All yes, right, no the, the He's on Fire podcast uh, bracket challenge I'm throwing out to everybody. So if anybody wants to join, I sent it to you. Fine gentlemen, just come and DM me. I think everybody can find me where I'm at now and uh, join and let's have some fun. And hopefully somebody will make some money. But go sons. I am a little worried about the Pelicans but any time that we get our ass kicked we seem to go back out and do the ass kicking. Yes. So I'm looking forward to the next two two wins hopefully, gentlemen.
0: Especially <clears> considering <throat> CJ McCollum might be out with health and safety protocol, so. Yep, he will be. Yep. Yeah. 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 There you go. So That's kind of a bummer. All right, is, gentlemen. All right, thanks all right. for coming on Coach N B. We love having you on. You are going to miss the rant on Russell Westbrook, but you know what? <laughs> Rock that baby. Well, you got to go do that upstairs. You son, son's <laughs> you <Exactly. laughs> sense exactly. Here's October guys. Video. October baby's rule. Um, So Matthew, you got uh, Russell Westbrook. Okay. Another Mm -hmm. guy. I just wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about this evening. He ended with a total of 13 points on five of 10 shooting. Uh, Same exact stat line as Malik Monk, who had five of 10 shooting for 13 points. The only difference here is one of these guys is making $44 million. (laughs) Um, I know. I, I don't know. Was it the Ben Simmons or the Bill Simmons podcast? or Ryan Russillo, where they were really talking about Russell Westbrook and how Russell Westbrook this past week was really uh, kind of fighting back against a lot of the flack he receives in social media and while he's in the arena as when people are quote-unquote defaming his name by by calling mm-hmm. him Westbrick. Uh, what, yeah. what podcast was that, and what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, they were actually talking about, and I don't know, I think this is always a thing where these, these weirdos out there go after – you know, these players, families. Yeah. So I think he brought that up F-FJ. too. That's weird. I think when that happens, you find out who this person is and you go to that person's house and take them out or do something. Like, why are they even existing? I don't call, know why they the, exist. Call the police world. on them or call the police, I guess.
0: Um Matthew's going for, you went straight to killing <laughs> them.
1: Well, I mean, why do they exist? Someone that hates an NBA player this much where you threaten their family. Like, what's your deal, dude? Um, yeah, dude, but seriously. that's just the weirdest thing. Um, so the thing is like, Westbrook's always been the same. I feel like he's always been the same player. This year, we saw tonight just how bad he does look, right? Dribbling the ball off his leg, uh, just throwing the ball out of bounds. A lot of bad stuff. LeBron, too. LeBron, bad passes. It's just the team, though. I Westbrook is a terrible fit. He, he is a terrible fit for this team, but he's always been the same player, right? You knew what you were going to get. You can't change him all of a sudden coming to this team. But Westbrook is going to be Westbrook. Like, all of a sudden, just because he's not meshing well, just because he's not winning games with LeBron James, it's his fault. I just feel like he's the same player. You can't put all the blame on him. This team just totally sucks right now. LeBron won't even get back on defense most of the time. He's turned the ball over, too. He's not sitting with the team. He's not doing a lot of team-oriented things. Why would that motivate Westbrook to change at all? Plus, you can't change a player like this like that's already been playing the same way for forever. It's, it's impossible to do. But see, it's I basically just, like... I I disagree. Well, Okay, but it's just like, you know, Kanye West, like everyone hates him now. It's the same motherfucking Kanye. It's the same guy just because he doesn't agree with what you would want him to agree with. It's the same guy. You just can't change these dudes. In That's the way a good play. analogy.
0: That's a good analogy. But I think that the difference is like Russell Westbrook has the opportunity and has the chance and has had the chance to adjust his game to the modern NBA. And he just, he refuses to do it. His ego gets in the way. And therefore, he is the same player. You're right, he is the same player. And that same player does not mesh well in this this modern NBA that he plays in. It's the same thing with Kanye. Kanye was fantastic, in my opinion. I got a lot of great memories of listening to his albums, uh, just really high-level music. And then he's just kind of gone on the gone off of the deep end, and the music isn't the same. Uh his new album's trash, in my opinion, because it doesn't like Kanye stopped rhyming about like three albums ago, and now it's just like him talking to me slowly, and it's just like, okay, this is just weird, you know. So again, you have to kind of, you know, wh- what's the my famous phrase? I use it all the time. Champions adjust. The reason why Russell Westbrook isn't a champion is because he refuses to adjust. He's better than adjusting, and therefore he will not perform well in this league. And Low Sun says it in the chat. Uh, where is it? Let me pull it up. This is awkward. I should have started. And then I would have seen it. Uh, he says, I think once his contract is done, he's out of the league and might have to retire. I agree with that. A hundred percent. He's, he's somebody who just, he, he, he doesn't get it, man. He doesn't get it. He hasn't, he hasn't adjusted his game and the Lakers are paying for it as well. They should, they, that's who they wanted. That's who LeBron wanted. Cause they could have had mm-hmm. buddy Hill and some more assets Uh, And I think Buddy Heald would have fit perfect into this system. A a, a three-point shooter, a guy who would have played within the confines of what LeBron James wanted him to do. And now you got Russell Westbrook, and you're watching him tonight, and it's just sad because I used to really enjoy watching Russell Westbrook. I know you did too. He was one of our – I think both of our – Oh, yeah. He was one of our top five players that we enjoyed watching the league. And over the past, like, four seasons, it's like Steph Curry changed the league, and Russell Westbrook just kept being, like, you know, the little pit bull fireball and you love his effort and you love his passion for the game. But at the same time, you know, don't sit there and get upset. You know, you, you can absolutely get upset if, if people are threatening your family. I agree with that hundred percent, but he's talking about people like, you know, calling him West It's like, yeah. dude, you get paid $44 million a year. That comes with the territory, bro. Yeah.
1: 44 I, milli. I, I agree with Westbrook to not, adjust and not change because that's the way he came into this league that's the way he's gotten to the point he's gotten the 40 million dollars a year because of the way he plays and i just think it's because of the team he plays on like chris paul talked about too he had to adjust to like his leadership style right not really his play style but over the years his leadership had to adjust to you know the newer younger guys i think he talked about on the jj reddick podcast exactly. where he did had have to, to do adjust. that he had to but i think the way westbrook is on this team it's just so dysfunctional but it's, it's like was, it's it another world. It was
0: dysfunctional world. in Washington. It was dysfunctional in Houston. It was dysfunctional even in, in OKC. Like he,
1: in Washington, he looked pretty good last year. Remember, he, he did had a for, little he did at at for the a end. stretch. Yeah, for a but stretch. But yeah, but that's and plus he is getting older and stuff. I just think we we always think these guys the way the media spins these things and the way that we look at it through our eyes. It's always like they're going through a they're going through a downwards downward spiral, kind of in a way. Like the Westbrook, like, even is. Kyrie. Yeah, I know. I know he's think because Kyrie still has I the feel talent. Like, Westbrook doesn't have the talent
0: anymore. No, and he the, doesn't. And the league I changed around him.
1: Still, Westbrook can still be on another team next year. And I think another team would take him on, and then he can be kind of like the old Westbrook again in some ways. And it it's not yeah, a winning yeah, player. It, it's never been a winning player. Well, no, and, you know and, and I mean? it won't
0: be. And it won't be. Yeah. That's, that's 100% correct. I agree with that. He's not a winning mm. player in any way, shape, no, or form. Not at all. So. And that's that Westbrook take was brought to you by Just Sports. Use code SunsJam at shopjustsportsonline.com to get 15% off.
1: Jam Star of the Game.
0: All right, Matthew. It's that time of the podcast where you tell me who your Jam Star of the Game is. I tell you who my Jam Star of the Game is. (laughs) Anybody who's watching subscribes, rates, and reviews and hits the thumbs up button. And anybody who's listening... Subscribes, rates, and reviews, and then what? Who's watching? Also, tells us who their jam star of the game is. Matthew, I will let you bat lead off on this one. Who is oh, your and- jam star of the game? All right, well, I'm gonna go with Devin Booker. Man, he started the game off with DeAndre
1: Ayton, basically taking over this game from the three. He hit two of his first threes, and then from there on, he was just automatic in a way. He had some really nice passes out there too. I think the one where he was double team in the corner. And he was like kind of falling out of bounds, and he threw it a whip past uh, Jay Crowder for the three. Like his assist total, would he have nine tonight? It kind of stuck at nine for a while because he came out of the game, didn't even play the fourth. So he could have had the double double there if it was actually. And that, it had, was an actual. Booker game. had a double double. Did he? What do he have?
0: 30, 30 oh, and ten.
1: Sorry. Oh my bad. Okay, I thought it was still
0: a nine. Okay, no, he he got that tenth one. Ah, okay. Well, so it's when you luck. got up to go take a shit. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Which time? <laughs> yeah. The the time when he threw the tenth in assists.
1: Oh, OK, um, so I, it's definitely Booker. I think that the way he's been playing, too, without Chris Paul and alongside Cameron Payne, it's been remarkable, man. They fit together very well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, again, Chris, we're we're missing Chris Paul right now and we're just stomping teams out. So all we know about uh,
1: him is his sweaters, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> his right? Sweaters. Uh,
0: Fabio <laughs> says maybe day to Davis. Thank you for being stupid and making everybody laugh. So it could have been day to Davis. Uh, that's a good name for him. It um, I, I'm gonna go with like what Blaze says and a lot of the other jamps. I'm gonna give it to DA. Uh D- don't get me wrong, like Devin Booker was fantastic. He's the one I was cheering for throughout my time at Marley's tonight. Uh, but mm-hmm. DA was just solid. He was just consistent. He was hitting all the little middies. He was he was he was a beast on the boards, and that's what we've been bitching yeah. about, right? We've bitching about his lack of, of intensity when it comes to rebounding, and he was, you know what was it? what I say? Seven, five, five or seven offensive reborn offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, He had five. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Total of 16. He had five on the offensive end. Like that's huge. You know, this is a team that had 19 second chance points to the Lakers 13 and 28 fast break points to the Lakers 11. And a lot of that starts on the defensive glass and the offensive glass. And it started with DA and I really was uh, pleasantly surprised to see his effort. Against the team, which again, as I was mentioned when Coach was on, like this is a team that should, uh, should allow Da to cook and cook he did, and I was I was very pleased to see that. So, uh, thank you everybody who let us know who their Jamster was in live here in the chat. Next up on the list and on the schedule for the Phoenix Suns, they travel to the Big Easy, the Suns at Pelicans. That's a game I will be covering for brightsideofthesun.com. dot com. Matthew, the Pelicans, last time we played them, they beat us. They beat us pretty good. What are your thoughts on the Pellys this time?
1: Well, I mean, they won, like, I think they went on a four-game win streak. Then CJ McCollum had the health and safety, safety protocol thing, which I thought was kind of out the window. It wasn't really, they weren't really abiding by it until, yeah, until Booker, Booker got it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess it's still a thing. Uh, but they lost four straight. And it kind of yeah. sucks because, I mean, that team was kind of fun to watch, right? They have the, the young talent. Then CJ comes on there. He has a closer. He can come in. He can Take a lead, keep a lead, and win it, win his team the game. Um, that's something that they've always needed all season long and they have it. Now he's out. He probably won't play this game, um, which would be nice for the Suns because last game we saw that CJ took over, right? He took over in the fourth quarter. Anytime we try to make a little run, you kind of thought the Suns were gonna lose that game from the kind of like the second, third quarter. But anytime the Suns would make a little run, CJ would cut him off and like hit a big three, hit a big shot that was falling out of the screen. He was just doing everything he could to help that team win. And it's kind of sucks that he's gone because I kind of want to see this Pelicans team make the playoffs. And I think they still have a chance.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're currently the 10th seed and it it seems like just yesterday we were talking about playing them uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. It was their first game out of the all-star break. So they definitely were well-rested and ready to go. And although it was a a game that I figured we would probably lose, uh, I just, I wasn't a fan of the way that we lost it. I felt like, you know, kudos to, to them and what they did. I just, I thought the Suns could have fought harder. That was another one of those games in which rebounding was kind of an issue. Uh, as you mentioned, CJ McCollum going to be out. Uh, Brandon Ingram was out tonight against the Rockets with a hamstring injury. I don't know how long he'll be out with that injury, but if they're down both CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, obviously with Zion still being out and Larry Nance out with a knee, uh, this, this should be a win. This should easily be yeah. a win if you're missing those guys because those, you know, Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum looked absolutely fantastic together. As you mentioned, coming out of the break, they won four games and they lost the last four. They're currently 27 and 40. They have the 22nd best points per game in the NBA, the 14th most opposing points per game. They're truly a team in the middle. Uh, offensive ratings, 21st. Defensive ratings, 22nd. Net ratings, 22nd. So, you know, again, the one difference maker in this is the fact that they do have willie green as their head coach a team or a, a coach who definitely knows the phoenix suns uh, our players our schemes and potentially how to defend those things so they're, they're a team that will give the suns kind of a hard time uh, do i expect to win absolutely uh, who do we play after them is it houston after that
1: no, uh, yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, hit. so
0: so so it's Pelicans yes. in Houston. I'm more worried I think about the Houston game than I am actually the Pelicans game just cuz it's, you know, night 2 of it back-to-back back. and those those Houston Rockets are just they have a lot of firepower on their team. And they're uh they they're too young and stupid to know how to not, yeah, um, you exactly. know what I mean? And Yep,
1: perfectly said. <laughs> you know, so I mean,
0: yeah. it, it I'm more worried about that one as the Suns hit head out on the road. I do think this is a win for the for the Suns. And if they win that, that's win number 55, man. That's win yeah. number fucking 55. And if I you know. look at if you look at the Phoenix Suns, well, do you have anything else on the Pelicans before I talk a little nope, history I'm good. So the last time this team won 55 games, uh you have to go all the way back to 07 and 08. Uh that was got it. That was a good that 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 team was a disappointing. They lost in the 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 Western Conference first round. I don't even remember that. How do I forget? I like I remember 0607 cuz we lost, lost in the Western Conference semis to the to the Spurs. I remember the year before that when we lost in the Western Conference final. The two years before that we lost in the Western Conference uh finals. That was a disappointing result when we went we went 55 and 27 that year and we lost in the first round uh to the Spurs 1 to 4. God, I feel like there was injury or something there. But man That's the last time. It's been that long. It's been, what, 14, almost 14, 13 years since then? Damn, Long time, baby. Long time. But let's go for win number 55. Uh, Matthew, did we miss anything from your notes? Is there anything else you want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast?
1: No, I mean, I talked about the celebrities and how they're uh, very beautiful sitting in the front row. Uh, Front row. Front row. (laughs) Front front (laughs) row. Front row. You know what? Let me scroll through here. I think that was it, man. We covered everything. That I could think of Except uh, for Biombo. That mother effort, dude, down on the glass in the second quarter. Looked
0: great. Well, and and again, the versatility of this team. JaVale McGee got in foul trouble. Boom, Bismack comes yep. in, look great. look great on the glass. Uh Sons Geek is joining us along live in the chat. He says he got done with his live stream early because there's nothing to talk about after the first quarter. Lol. <laughs> Ain't <laughs> yeah. that the truth, Suns Geek? Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us. And it has to do with the Phoenix Suns. You know he's gonna make a video about it. That's Suns Geek. Go subscribe on his channel as well. Uh, Fabio, was that Was it the Tim Duncan clutch three, the series with a lot of Um, Mm hack-a-shacks? No. clutch
1: three, was that? That was Stephon Marbury, wasn't it?
0: No, 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 no. That that was the clutch three that they won, or that the the Suns beat the Spurs in, like, 2002, I want to say, with Marbury. This is the one where, like, Tim Duncan hit, like, zero threes all season, or, like, four, Mm. and then everybody collapsed on, like, Manu Ginobili. He dished it out, and he hit him. It might have been that year. But it, but it wasn't a lot of hack-a-shacks because Shaq wasn't on the season or wasn't on the team Correct. yet. Uh, Crazy Luigi says Joe Johnson. I'll never forget that. That was against the Mavericks in 0405 4 The last time we won 62 games uh, was when Joe Johnson was on a fast break dunk and Jerry Stackhouse came from behind him and hacked him and Joe landed on his fucking orbital bone. And Joe Johnson was amazing that year. So uh, David Ray, what year did we tie our franchise record? 62-20. and 20? We've done that twice, 1993 and 2005. So we we still have a chance if we play 500 basketball for the remainder of the season, uh, I will come up one game shy of that because if we go seven and seven, we'll be 61 and 21. So all we gotta do is play 500 better better than 500 basketball. Yeah, and we will. And the record break looks record. easy,
1: right? The record looks easy, and we honestly we have uh, some games we can get some rest in, and we could probably still win. So
0: yeah, if you look at the remainder of the schedule, let's see, I was actually just looking at this today. Um, this is a beautiful graphic made by Yours Truly. Uh, let's see here. So we have the Pelicans, and then we have the Rockets. Those could potentially be back-to-back wins. We play at home against the Bulls. That's an, an up-in-the-air game. Then we go to the Kings, to Minnesota. That'll be a battle. To Denver. That'll be a battle. At home against the Sixers. That'll be a battle. Uh, on the road in Gold. <laughs> we we have a
1: damn (laughs) this fucking sucks yeah who said we had like the one of the easiest schedules remaining we we might still i don't know
0: science uh Uh, march 30th we play at golden state and then april 1st we play at minnesota or i'm sorry uh memphis and then we're at Uh okc we play the lakers at home again on april 5th then we go to the clippers to the jazz and we end at home against the sacramento kings so you look at that, if if I was to go through the last few games, in my personal opinion, starting with the game against New Orleans, win, win, Bulls. God, Bulls. I feel like we can beat the Bulls. Win, win, loss, loss, loss. No, there's no way we'll lose three in a Damn, row. Damn,
1: I was going to say, we're going to lose three in a row? <laughs> no, I just you don't know, see us doing it. Stuff. I don't know.
0: I'm not going to sit here and try to predict. Yeah, this. that's going
1: to be tough, dude. I think we'll, we'll, we'll win figure them all, it
0: out. We we'll do it in a jam session short or something. We'll lose one more this season. That's it.
1: Just there you go. More. I like
0: it. I like it. I like it. Uh, on that note, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We thank you for hanging out with us after a dominating win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Once again, I'm at Darth Voida. He's I'm Matthew Lissy. And we are at Suns Jam. Again, if you want to come on the show, hit us up on Twitter, slide into those DMs, and let us know. We'll shoot you a link before the show starts. We'll bring you on for five minutes for our Jamsters React, seg- Ra- Jamsters React segment. It'd be great to have you on here. Uh, if you haven't subscribed... Rated review, please do. If you go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. Give it, click on five stars and then write a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast uh, until Tuesday night. Everyone, have a fantastic evening and take care of yourselves. Yeah, go home and love your family. And thank you again, Mike, for hanging out with me at Marley's.